Welcome to the Benzo Free Podcast, your home for an honest, straightforward, and personal discussion about anti-anxiety drugs, their effects, and how to deal with dependence and withdrawal. Whether you have taken benzodiazepines, Z drugs, or any other tranquilizers, know someone who has, or you just want help dealing with chronic anxiety and insomnia, this is your podcast. I'm your host, D.E. Foster, author of the book, Benzo Free, The World of Anti-Anxiety Drugs and the Reality of Withdrawal. I'm so glad you joined us today. Please stick around and let me bend your ear for a few minutes. It just might feel a little better on the other side. Hello there, this is Dee, and welcome to episode 47 of the Benzo Free Podcast. It is good to be talking with you again. I'm I'm doing pretty well. Very busy. It's it's taking me much longer to go through the audio files from my road trip than I thought it might, but I'm I'm getting there. We had a good Thanksgiving here in Colorado with my wife's family and very slowly the 15 inches of snow we got just before Thanksgiving is starting to melt. Hopefully, I can get outside this weekend and finally put up some outside Christmas decorations. I'm going to attempt to keep this introduction short, although sometimes when I say that I don't always succeed, but I'm going to try this time. And that's because today we have audio from the road trip to share, and that's going to take up the majority of today's episode. Some of you may be confused by the title to this episode today. If so, good. That was intentional. I was having a little bit of fun with it, but it is the way it is for a reason. You see, I still haven't decided whether the road trip recordings will be a single episode or a multi-part episode. This episode is part one of the road trip, as the title says. But will there be a part two? Well, that's where you come in. You see, I realize that listening to me narrate a personal road trip and share my mental, physical, and emotional successes and struggles along the way, and even get a bit preachy now and then. Yes, I do that. Come on. You know I do that sometimes. It may not be the most informative or entertaining format for some. I thought that the best thing to do here was to let you all decide. So this is how this will work. The content of next week's podcast episode will be based on feedback from you. If you want to hear part two of the road trip audio, let me know. If you don't want to hear part two and you want to return to our normal format next week, let me know. And you don't even have to send in a long comment if you don't want to. Just say, I want to hear part two or I want to return to the normal format. And then sometime this weekend, I'll take a look at your comments and the votes will decide. If more people vote for part two or to return to the normal format, then that's what we'll do. No hard feelings at all. I can't say I have a lot invested in either. My only concern is to try and provide content that you enjoy and and find informative and, and help you through the struggles you're dealing with. So let me know in an email or via our comment form, and we'll see what next week brings us. It'll be fun to find out. That being said, let's get back to this week. Today's episode is part one of the road trip. And that brings me to the quality of the road trip recordings. Well, I want to mention two different things here. First is content. I I think we came back with some good content. I I hope so. 
Second is recording quality. None of the audio quality will sound like the studio. That's, that's why we have a studio. But, you know, I hope it's good enough for a pleasurable listening experience. I think it came through pretty well. And per request, I have posted a few photos from the trip on our website. You can see those at benzofree.org slash tripphotos. I'll leave them up for a few weeks after I launch this episode. The first part of the trip, today's part, I, I had better audio quality. So I hope today's episode sounds good. Unfortunately, during the second part of the trip, I forgot to use the windscreen some of the time. So it was hit and miss. Now, I've salvaged a lot of that recordings, and I think it's going to be okay, but every now and then you're going to hear some wind noise. I also recorded a lot of ambient nature sounds along this trip in Kansas City, Florida, Great Smoky Mountains National Park, Tennessee, Kentucky, and a few other locations along the way. I hope to use these for future meditation sessions and other purposes on the podcast. And lastly, before we get to our feature, I have one more thing to mention. If you subscribe to our email list, you may have seen our notice about the server issues we've had. I am truly sorry if that caused anyone problems. I, I believe it is fixed now, so please give it a try again and let me know if it slows down on you again. And, and thanks for your patience. I'm sorry this happened. It just took a long time to discover the cause and get it fixed. Today we will have a special format, as I mentioned. No mailbag or benzo stories, just the intro, which you just heard, the road trip, and the moment of peace. Our moment of peace will have background sounds recorded live by yours truly in Great Smoky Mountain National Park. I, I hope you enjoy that extra touch. And, as always, we still need feedback, questions, comments, stories, suggestions, corrections, additions, and especially, do you want to hear part two of the road trip <laughs> or return to the normal format? This is your podcast, and the more content I can share from you, the more Benzo Free becomes a community it was designed to be, so please tell us what you think. Visit our feedback form at benzofree.org feedback, or email us at podcast at benzofree.org. Or comment directly on the podcast blog itself for others to see, and don't forget to sign up for our mailing list at benzofree.org subscribe. And one last thing. The Benzofree Podcast is for informational purposes only and should never be considered medical advice. If you are listening to this podcast on one of our providers, please leave feedback on that carrier. This does help new listeners find us. Okay? Then without delay, let's join D, that, that's me, on the road. I hope you enjoy this. Thanks. Day one. And welcome to Kansas. Left Denver around, uh, what, 5.15 this morning? In the dark and a little bit of fog for a while, but crossed the border into Kansas only about an hour ago. And I'm now just outside of Colby, Kansas, heading east towards Kansas City. And it's begun. I'm on the road trip. Maybe you can hear the road noise. It's a great day to be traveling, actually. It's right now 43 degrees outside. Probably will get up into the 50s, though. Going to be perfect. Sunny, no weather to speak of. So, great start for the trip. You know, this is kind of exciting. <laughs> Maybe it isn't to you, but it is to me a little bit. Because I have no idea what's going to happen here especially recording along the way. I'm taking some pictures along the way too because I sometimes create little trip videos of my excursions that I've taken in the past. Maybe I'll even share a few of those on the website. But uh, 
I'm on the road. And you know, there's many things that try to get in my way to stop this. Minor things, but still things. Screw it. We're going. I'm going to live life, and I'm just not letting this damn benzo thing beat me. I'm sorry. It's done that for too long, and it's time for me to move on. One thing I mentioned on my last road trip is that um, I do try to make sure I'm safe on the highway. A couple things. One is that I've hooked up the microphone, so it's hands-free. Don't need to distract myself. And I'm just talking while spending all of my rest of my attention on driving and looking ahead and seeing what's going on. Also, one nice thing about being in western Kansas on Interstate 70 is, is that it's pretty empty most of the time. I'll pass a semi every now and then, or a semi will pass me every now and then, and a few cars along the way, but it's a nice open road, flat, easy, easy highway to drive on, and that makes the beginning of the trip kind of nice. You know, I wanted to follow up a little bit on the blog post that I posted just before I left on the trip. It was the one titled Road Trip, A Comedy of Injuries, <laughs> because on that one I talked about the hip injury and thigh injury I did, and of course my broken toe. And they're doing better. The hip actually has eased significantly, and I think by resting it and stretching it a little bit, it's helped help loosen it up some. It's still tight and still aches, but I, I can walk, and that's a good thing. The toe, well, it's busted up. I think I'll probably lose the nail, um, and I've taped it up a little bit, but you know, it's doing okay, and I can work around it, and I can walk on it, so... I've experienced a lot of worse things. But one of the things I was talking about in that blog post was about slowing down a little bit. And and I think this is a big one for me. You know, one of the books, you all know that I've read a lot of books um, during my recovery, and it's it's a passion of mine that I've rediscovered during this time. And But one of the books I read in the middle of my withdrawal that I really enjoyed was a book called In Praise of Slowness, and it's by the author Carl Honoré. I think that's how you pronounce that. I think it's Honoré. It might just be Honor, but I think it's Honoré. So I'll have to look that up and make sure. Anyway, this book just talked about this whole kind of slow movement that's happening around the world of of kind of a, uh, what, what would you call it, uh, a kind of rebellion against the incredibly fast, hyper-paced speed of life today. Some of it is just us trying to cram so much into our lives. And some of it's just added to by technology, which moves so fast. Our, we, we can't even keep up. I don't think our bodies can keep up. Our minds can't keep up. It's just kind of crazy. And... And it makes us think we need all these things and want all these things when most of these things we never even knew we wanted before somebody told us that we did. It's a little messed up sometimes. Now, now trust me, I'm not going to get on the bandwagon of saying all technology is bad or even that most technology is bad. I think it's done some amazing stuff. We, we live longer now because of this technology and medicine and medical breakthroughs. And, and it's amazing the things that we've accomplished and achieved. And without the technology, I would not be doing this podcast. That's what makes this possible. So I'm not about to bite the hand that feeds me. But everything that comes along in our lives has good and bad. And there is a downside to the technology. There is a downside to this incredibly fast-paced world we're in. 
So when I take these road trips, a little bit of it for me is to step away from the grind, from that pace, from the pressure of trying to get something in every second of every day and making it count. That's exhausting and produces a lot of anxiety. For me, when I got into withdrawal, I noticed pretty quickly that this pace of life just wasn't something I needed to maintain anymore. Now, many of you might be thinking, well, yeah, but you don't have the pressures on your life as, as we do. I mean, I know I don't have four kids at home I'm trying to take care of and get to school and, you know, keep out of trouble. And, and right now I'm not working a full-time job out of the house. Um, I am working pretty much around the clock on the podcast and writing and doing other things, but I do have flexibility with that and I can somewhat adjust my calendar and my schedule and make that fit for me. But I really believe a lot of it is a choice. You know what's so funny is, and I, I got to go pull up some studies, and maybe I'll find some of these and pull them into this later, but I've read different articles and I've read different books that have talked about this. If you go back 50 years, 60 years, and look at what they thought the future would be, they dreamed a lot of the technology we currently have. Some they got right, some they didn't, but they, they predicted a lot of it. Maybe the flying cars aren't here quite yet, but you know what? From what I've seen, they're just around the corner. But so many other things have come true. But one thing they got wrong was they showed that we had all this leisure time. Some of these futurists were even saying we're going to have the one-day work week when we get there. And yet, look at us now. I know so many people that are still working 40, 50, 60, even 70 hours a week. I have a lot of friends who are managing their kids' needs and their parents' needs and their jobs' needs and feel they don't have one second to spend on anything else. Something's wrong. This picture doesn't seem to fit together. So many things are automated now. We can just sit at home, watch TV, and tell Alexa or Google Play or whatever, hey, put this on the list and let so-and-so know and go ahead and order my groceries and have them delivered tomorrow. The time savings are incredible these days. So why don't we have more free time? And the fact that we're so busy doing all these things, it makes you stop and wonder just a little bit, are we missing something? Are, are we getting out of all of this stuff what we think we are? Or are we just trying to keep up with the Joneses? And that the Joneses are trying to keep up with us in this cycle that nobody wins. I don't know the answer, and I'm just pondering or amusing or whatever you want to call it here. But these are the things I wonder about. Anyway, back to me, because <laughs> that's all I can speak on with authority. Trust me, the last thing I'm trying to do is to judge anybody else's life, and I know the demands on many of your lives are intense, especially during this difficult time. And honestly, they were on me too but I don't do that much anymore. 
despite all the terrible things that benzodependence and withdrawal can bring into your lives. There are those hidden benefits that I've talked about a few times. One of the ones for me was understanding what's important, learning how to prioritize, and slowing down. You know, when I have a day or a week when I'm just so busy and trying to get so many things done and so many things in and so many things accomplished, and then I look back on that day or a week, I often have to ask myself, what was the gain? Because I never stopped to enjoy what was going on. I never really stopped to be in the moment, to experience what was happening. I never really benefited at the moment for what was happening in my life. I was just going too fast. Benza withdrawal helped me see what was truly important. I think I mentioned before that one of the reasons I'm doing a road trip is that I'm not great on flying right now. Not saying I wouldn't if I needed to, and I'm sure I will again, because there's places I want to go in this world I can only get to by flying. And I'm going to do that because I'm not going to let this whole experience stop me. But still, in the meantime, I'd rather drive than fly if I can. And that's why I'm doing this. But the other morning when I woke up, one of the things I thought about was a, a kind of analogy of flying versus driving. And that it seemed to be a perfect analogy, metaphor. I never know which one's which. But it seemed to me to be a good way of explaining what I'm talking about here. You see, flying, to me, is about the destination. It's about getting there. It's about getting there as fast as you can. And when you're flying, you're usually watching a movie or reading a magazine, reading your book, maybe taking a nap or have the headphones on and watching the latest video from Netflix. All the while below you, this amazing world is passing by at about 400 miles an hour we are passing over it instead of experiencing it. And I just felt that analogy fit what was going on with me right now and maybe with a few of you. You see, when I take a road trip, I'm still passing by things but just at a slower pace and I think I get to notice things a little more. Hell, I can even turn off if I see a great sign on the side of the road to go see the world's largest ball of twine or the Wizard of Oz Museum or, or even the world's largest groundhog and experience the things I didn't plan. Experience the things that just happen. Because when I go back and look at the trips I've taken, the memories that truly stick with me are the ones I didn't plan, the ones that just happened. I think the analogy of the plane versus the car is, is a good fit for this. In the plane, we're trying to get there, and we miss so much in between. In the car, or on a train even, or even walking somewhere, 
you're in it. You're in the thick of it. You get to experience it. You get to be part of the guts of life. The good, the bad, the struggles, the joys, all of it. You get to experience it. And in my opinion, that's really what life is about. You know, I'd like to share a good example of those unplanned things that happen while on a trip. About 10 years ago or so, I'm give or take a few somewhere in there, my wife and I and our friend Jane, we went through Lake Tahoe, down to Sacramento, on over to the Redwoods and Sequoias along the coast, came down through the wine country, a little bit of Napa along the way. Towards the end of the trip, we were heading down to Yosemite National Park. Anyway, we drove in the front door of the park, which is the western entrance, the one that almost everybody enters in through. Drove through, did a little hiking while we were in there, saw some great sights, and then headed out. Anyway, as we were leaving the park, we were heading down the hill into a little town called Lee's Vining, or Lee Vining. I don't remember if there's an S in it or not, so again, I apologize if I got that wrong. As we pulled into town, we passed the mobile gas station, a few shops, uh, some auto places, a couple other things, and finally found the Best Western, which is where we're going to spend the night. After we checked in, we came back downstairs to ask the hotel manager about where might be a place for us to eat. We were really surprised by the answer. (laughs) She said, did you come in town from the park? And we said we did. And she said, well, then you might have passed the mobile gas station. And we paused, waiting for her to, um, you know, say it's just past that or just before that or it's around the corner. But she didn't do that. She said, that's the best place for food. Go back up there. You're going to really enjoy dinner. Now, as we left the hotel, Shanna, Jane, and I were laughing to ourselves, pretty significantly thinking, what kind of town did we stop in that said the best food in town is a gas station? They just must not have any other restaurants. And they didn't have many, to be honest. We started wondering if maybe the sulfur from the lake had gotten to a few people who live in town. But we didn't know where else to go, so we drove back up the hill to the mobile gas station. We figured if nothing else, we'll pop in here, grab some frozen burritos, some chips or something, and at least we'll have some food for dinner. Inside the gas station, it was mostly what you'd expect. There was a whole convenience area with a series of coolers and drinks in them and a lot of snacks and everything. There was a checkout counter where you can pay for your gas or buy some snacks. But across the way, there were about eight or nine booths and a few tables and a counter where you could order some food. We figured this must be the restaurant they're talking about, so we went up to the counter and ordered. And as Paul Harvey would have said, and now for the rest of the story. Turns out that the man behind the counter wasn't just some short order cook working at a local gas station. In fact, cook would be the wrong term. He was a chef. In fact, if I remember correctly, his previous job was head chef at a four-star restaurant at Mammoth Resort. And it showed. This wasn't any ordinary menu. In fact, the menu was gourmet, and the food was amazing. 
I had seared ahi tuna and it was incredible. The food was so good we came back for breakfast in the morning and ate there again. In fact, the chef even came over and sat with us and we chatted for a while. It turns out he had a lot of ties back to Kansas City like the rest of us did too. And as I started to look around the pictures on the walls, I started to notice these were all familiar faces. Celebrities and sporting heroes, people I wouldn't expect to see hanging on the wall of a gas station. In fact, he was best friends with the baseball player for the Kansas City Royals. And we sat there enjoying the food and listening to his stories. It was pure magic. Now, about 10 years later, when we think of that trip, and we do now and then, the dinner at the mobile gas station is the highlight of the trip. We saw Napa, Sonoma, Yosemite. And yet the thing we remember the most was a mobile gas station in Lee Vining, California. You never know what life is going to throw at you or where it's going to come from. Life comes at you from all different directions. And if you're moving too quickly, you're going to miss it. Since I've learned to slow down, take things a little bit easier, and prioritize my life based off of what really matters and what really creates joy and meaning in my life, the mobile gas stations seem to come along a lot more often. And I'm back. I just spent about an hour and a half in Abilene, Kansas and visited President Dwight David Eisenhower's library and museum. And it was interesting. It was definitely an era that I know a little about historically, but not a lot about. I have to admit, as I've gotten older, I think history has become a little more interesting to me. And it's kind of nice sometimes to go through a museum like that and, and, and connect the dots of the different things you know and start to put a picture together. But mostly to learn more about people from our past or our current or whatever and understand the whole picture. I visited a few different presidential libraries over the last couple of years and I have to admit I always learn something new when I do just because it like I said it puts that whole picture together it shows the person um, and, and it goes into the details about this and it also covers the history and like I mentioned before I read a lot of biographies now too because it, it kind of gives me a perspective on on life today I, I think it's hard to really truly analyze life today and understand how people are and why we are and what we do and why we do things without knowing where we came from. It was a real nice break from the drive. I had a chance to stretch my legs, exercise a little bit, meet a few people, and it was good to stop. Again, not something I planned, just something that came up along the way and thought, you know, let's go check it out. And now I'm back in the car and getting much closer to Kansas City. I just passed Lawrence, which means I'm pretty close to the town where I grew up. So I'm heading that way to go get checked into a hotel for the night. And then I'll be spending the next couple of days with my family. So it's just about sunset and I'm on a little trail here. 
in Lenexa, Kansas, and it's the Lake Lenexa Trail. The big trees and grassy areas and a little stream that runs alongside of it. Quite pleasant, actually. I have this ongoing internal pressure, not only for controlling things and making sure everything is handled properly so my anxiety doesn't take over, but also just to get things done and get there and get it accomplished. One of the things I didn't share with you on the road trip out was how it was really hard for me to stop. But it's a lesson that I'm learning, as I mentioned before, to just take the detours now and then and be okay that it might take me a little longer to get somewhere. In the past, I would have taken that drive, which is nine hours straight through, and done it in 8.45 and got to the hotel, checked in, and then relaxed. Problem with that is that I probably would have stayed in the hotel room the rest of the night, or maybe popped out and got some food and came back and maybe watched a movie. My internal dialogue in the past has constantly been telling me, you don't have time. You got to get there. You got to get settled, get checked in, get to a place where you're okay, get to a place where it's quiet, get to a place where you can be safe, get to a place where you have a restroom that you can use, get to a place where you can just relax and have a little bit of solitude you need to recoup from each day. And that is fine. And that is needed. And I'm going to do that tonight when I get there. But wouldn't it be great if I actually had some experiences? So I stopped. I stopped several times on the way out here. I took what I can normally do in about nine straight hours and made it into almost a 12-hour drive. The main success of all this is that I wasn't focusing on my symptoms. I wasn't just focusing on me, my limitations and what I can't do. I was doing things instead of just staying isolated in my own brain and eating away at my positivity with these negative thoughts that just keep reminding you, hey, but you're not 100% yet. You can't do this, you can't do that, you can't do this. How can you be happy? That's one of the tapes that's run in my head for a long, long time. You don't deserve to be happy. Or you shouldn't be happy because the other shoe's going to drop any second. Or you can't be happy when you have a casesia or you're not sleeping well at night. Or your brain's not working because, damn it, I just lost my train of thought. <laughs> this is one of those times I'm recording something somewhat emotional and I heard some animals move in the trees and so I decided to look and see what was going on and I got distracted and as I come back to continue that chain of thought I have no idea what that train of thought was. My only options are to go back and replay the tape but you know what I'm not going to do that. I'm just going to leave it as it is. But I think I was talking about something related to as he does this run on trying to pull back those brain things that just frustrate the hell out of me and maybe this is the perfect example of one of those things that i ruminate on that cog fog that memory loss and i think that ties me back to where i was 
which is focusing on the symptoms, focusing on the negativity, and letting that dictate your life, letting that run everything else, instead of just enjoying life and putting those in the background at least for a little bit and knowing that you're gonna be okay. You are gonna get through this. This does get better and you do get to travel again and do road trips again and see new places again and, and do things you used to love so much but just can't do as much anymore. You get those things back. You do. And I'm turning around now and I'm heading back. I'm at the end of that section of the trail. So now it's time to walk back towards the car. But when you're ready, when you feel you have those brief windows or when you even feel like you want to challenge yourself even just a little, it's okay to do that. It's okay to, to not just focus on your symptoms for a while. It's okay to, to go for a walk and actually Enjoy the rustling of the leaves on the trees from a deer or from a squirrel. It's okay to go on a short road trip. It's okay to go to the store if you're up for it. It's okay to do things, to enjoy Thanksgiving holiday or Christmas or wherever you are in the world, whatever holiday you celebrate with your family and friends. It's okay to do that. It's okay to not always focus on your symptoms and how bad your life is and, and have that blockade between, between living and, and suffering. It's okay to take that blockade down for a bit and live a little while. Trust me, they'll still be there. <laughs> the symptoms aren't going anywhere. Just because you don't focus on them doesn't mean you're not handling them. And I know the lies that our brains tell us, like, yeah, but if I keep focusing on them, I'm going to figure it out. I'm going to fix them. I'm going to find that elixir that's going to fix them. But it doesn't matter. It's okay to enjoy life. As you have those holidays, as you have those special moments with your children, as you have those special moments with your parents and your friends and your coworkers, and you have that voice in the back of your head saying, but I can't be happy now. How can I? It's okay to say to that voice, I can. Even for a little while, it's okay. I'll come back to that later. It's okay to feel okay. It's okay to even feel good for a little while. Like I just said, your symptoms probably aren't going anywhere. Not immediately. Not right away. So not focusing on them right now and not trying to fix them right now, not trying to find that special elixir or treatment or supplement or diet or whatever it is that's going to fix them. You don't have to spend every minute trying to do that. Staying in the middle of your symptoms all the time only makes this whole thing worse. At least that's my experience. So let yourself be happy, even if it's only for a minute, or five minutes, or an hour. That's actually how we start to heal. Tell that inner voice, that irrational mindset of ours, that no, I'm not listening to your lies. Even though I have three or five or seven symptoms right now, 
I can still enjoy this. I can still enjoy that. And slowly, ever so slowly, that starts to build. And you start to feel better. So that's my trail revelation for the day. <laughs> Sorry to get so... Oh, preachy. Oh, man. And like I've said before, so many of you know just as much, if not more, than I do about so many things related to benzos and withdrawal. I just decided to do a podcast to share mine, and you've decided to help me and give me good information and give me good stories and share your experiences with me so that together we can kind of feel like we're in this whole thing together. Did I say together twice? I guess I did. <laughs> I'm not quite as eloquent as I am when I can write things out. Not that I'm that eloquent when I write them out anyway. <laughs> but when I riff, it's more just the real me. And let's just enjoy nature. I'm hearing birds in my right ear. I'm hearing ruffling of the leaves over here, the grasses to the right. And even though I'm hearing some traffic sounds in the background, Right next to me is a nature. And it's kind of cool to listen to it. It's kind of cool to hear those sounds and just, oh, and just be me. No pretenses, no pretending to be somebody else. Oh, just being a human being. You know, maybe something to do today or this week is to find that place for you. The place that feeds your soul. The place that brings you back to center. The place that helps you... The place that helps you relax and become calm. And become confident and centered in yourself. To start to get a glimmer of that feeling that you can handle anything that comes your way. I'm starting to see that a little bit. And it's kind of cool. Life is pretty good on the other side, and you're going to get there. Good night, and I hope you have a good night's sleep. I'll talk to you tomorrow. Good morning. It's day three of the road trip, and, and it's in the morning, and I woke up in bed, and that's where I am right now. Some of you may have listened to my other road trip episode where I did a recording of the the benzo morning in bed where things were not as positive as I'd like them to be, but but it was good to share that with you about you know the thoughts that go through our heads and and how we manage that time and how we get ourselves motivated to get up and get on with the day. Well, I thought I'd record one more um, hotel morning, and maybe I'll have another one down the road, but the only time I'm by myself in a in a room, in a hotel room, is um, the first two mornings, yesterday and today, because the rest of the time I'm blessed enough, <laughs> lucky enough to be with my friends or a family, so either my wife or, or my buddy, so I'll be I'll be sharing rooms with them after after 
this morning. So this is my last morning just by myself to talk a little bit to you. But there's a difference here. I'm not sure what it is exactly. The it's it's just different. I I'm doing better. It's weird. Usually when I leave Shanna and come out on the road and things get really depressed and for for a while, and then I adjust and 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 get get you know into gear and and start to enjoy just being on the road and the freedom and the adventure of it. But this time, I think I had a slightly different mindset when I started. And even though I still have the triggers, and even though I know I'm still going to face the down times, and I'll, I'm sure I'll be sharing them with you, but I'm doing a lot better. Last two mornings, I woke up in a good mood. And I slept better. It's so funny. I mentioned to you I've had the insomnia with a wave this past few weeks before we started this trip. And now that I'm, now that I'm here, I'm, I was right. I'm starting to sleep better. I know, I know it's all tied in with the, the anxiety of home, I think, and the anxiety of prepping for the trip that caused the wave. And now that I'm on it, things are easing a bit, but I got to share with you that usually being around my family in the past has been one big trigger for me. <laughs> but I tell you, I've I don't know how to put it, but I I decided that I needed to change to try to make things better. That I was part of the problem even though you know, in the past I've always thought they're the problem. <laughs> And um, and to realize that I don't have my family forever. My parents are in their 80s. My dad has Alzheimer's. And I'm going to regret not taking the time now to spend with them. And, and I've done a few things. I started setting some boundaries, you know, due to my symptoms and due to my anxiety and everything else to, to manage myself. One of those is I stay in a hotel room, and it gives me some space. It gives me a place to to break away when I have to, and just to have some downtime. And I found that helps me manage the the stressors that come from coming back home for a while. In addition to the boundaries, it's just been putting some more effort into it. Um, I've come out to visit my family more often. In fact, um, I was here only a month and a half ago. As many of you know, I'm here now, and I'm going to come back again at Christmas. So I'm making more effort, and I tell you, it's been pretty good. You know, just accepting people as they are, accepting the situation as it is, and just enjoying it, and not always worrying about what something happening means for the future. And that's, that's kind of what I was trying to get to earlier um, when we were chatting is that, you know, I, I don't know about you, but I spend so much time focusing on the expectations instead of the moment of what's happening now. It's it's this weird mindset. It's like I'm always, I think I mentioned before, I'm always waiting for the shoe to drop. My, my family seems to have a tendency to 
be focused on the negative event that's coming. <laughs> even if a negative event's not coming, we know one's coming. And guess what? The more we focus on the negative event coming, it most likely happens. I just need to let things be and be in the moment. And and I still, you know, I still have the symptoms on this trip. I'm still dealing with them. But God, when I don't focus on them as much, I almost don't even notice them. They're they're in the background. I just uh I really wanted to record something this morning laying here in the hotel room to show you that it's not always the difficult mornings, at least for me. And and I hope I hope that's the case for you too. There are good mornings coming. And I tell you, when I was at home in this wave and, of course, back in acute withdrawal and everything else, I had a lot of those bad mornings. Every single morning was that way for a long time. But now I'm getting some of these good mornings. These mornings when I wake up and life looks good. You know, on this trip in November, I've noticed some places have already started to pull out some Christmas decorations. And whether you're, you know, religious about Christmas or just like the celebration, or even if you don't like Christmas at all, it doesn't matter. We all have that thing or different things, you know, in our life that do bring us some sentimentality, some just a a good, warm feeling. You know, maybe it was, you know, Fourth of July with your family. Maybe it was going to the lake and fishing with your grandpa, whatever it was. Um... For me, Christmas is a big one. I just love the season. I, I love the decorations, the music, the spirit of it all. It's something I look forward to each year. And, and I'm, a, as I mentioned before, kind of a cold weather guy. So I like the snow, too. And I planned this trip down to Florida and through the mid-Atlantic states and everything, in part because I knew I'd get a little bit of that flavor of Christmas. Places are decorated and there's even movies now on TV. I've been watching some of the old classic Christmas movies. And it helps my spirit. It helps me, you know, keep keep ahead of it all. Keep above, you know, the feelings. And not even that I'm trying to keep above things, because that sounds like I'm blocking, which I'm not. I'm just embracing, embracing the positive I don't know. I'm sure that all seems kind of crazy and silly to some of you, but, you know, this whole world that we experience is all kind of in our head. It's all our perception of things, and if that perception, that filter, is messed up as it gets in these difficult times in our lives like many of you are experiencing, then everything that we experience is tainted by that filter, by that perception. And that gets to be really difficult. Yesterday was a good day, a really good day. I spent time with my family. We went out to lunch, and I spent time with my mom. We went for a walk while my sister stayed with my dad, and and then I got to hang out with my dad and take a nap and watch some TV and just catch up like old times. And then for dinner, my, my nephew and I got a chance to hook up, and we went out and had some barbecue and a beer. And just in case you don't know, my nephew's um, 35, so he can have a beer. But um, 
I tell you, we just had a wonderful time. And it was a great day. And you know, I think it was a great day for one reason. Because I let it be. I didn't throw all this extra crap in of worrying what's going to happen when something's going to fall apart, when when the shoe's going to drop. I just let it be and I went with the flow. In fact, I told my sister when I came in town the days I was going to be available and I said repeatedly to her, you just plan things, I'll be there. Just tell me where you need me. And she did. I didn't plan anything for yesterday. And it wound up being a great day. I know that won't always happen that way. But every now and then it does. I don't know where this finds you this morning. Um, I'm sure some of you are probably in bed right now laying there and maybe listening on a headset or I just I just wanted to record this one to tell you that my mornings aren't always those struggles. The truth is, the symptoms are going to come and go. And yeah, I know for so many of you, they are almost unbearable right now. But they do ease. You do get past them. And as you do, it's so easy for us to stay focused on them and still wonder why in the hell they're not easing, why they're not getting better, even though they are, they're just doing it on a different schedule than you're wanting. And I get that, and I don't blame you. <laughs> this can be a really long schedule. <laughs> but life can start up again even before you're symptom-free. And only we can make that decision. Only we get to decide when that is. I've talked several times about how I'm not 100% healed, not at all, but that my life is better, truly better than it was, you know, even before the benzos. And the reason I can say that is because I learned a lot. I learned some tools. I learned some techniques. I learned how to be a little more positive in my life. I learned how to be a little more stable when triggers come along. And I still get triggered all the time. And I will on this trip. And I'll try to share it with you. But it's, it's, it's finding that middle way, that middle ground, that where you can manage those. And they don't bring you down for minutes or hours or days. They just, instead, you feel them, you experience them. And you let them pass. For me, that kind of seems to be the method that's been the most effective. I don't know. I'm rambling. I know I am. (laughs) I do that when I lay here in bed. But, you know, I think it's time for me to flick on a light, grab a shower, get up and get the day started. I'm heading off to see my folks again for a while and then... This afternoon, I'll drive over to the other side of Kansas City and I'll meet up with my buddy JB. And I'm going to crash at his place tonight. And then tomorrow morning, we hit the road and head southeast. Don't know even what we're going to do on the way there. We're going to take the next, take about three days to drive from Kansas City to Florida and see what we can find along the way. So I hope you come along with me. Wherever this finds you this morning, just know that it passes. This does pass. And you do start to feel better. 
find something today. And this is what I'm asking of you. I'm not telling you what to do, and I don't know much. I'm still learning so much out, and I can't tell you the number of times that I think I've had a setback, and I don't know uh, what to do next, and I wonder if I learned anything. But I can tell you I'm having more good days than bad. And if you're not there, then feel free to use me and say, hey, he has more good days than bad now. He's been through it. I know that's coming for me too. You know, life is never going to be all good days. It's just not. Life comes with negative events and really negative events and strong ones and people leave us, people die, we lose jobs, we get in accidents. But if you can manage those events so they don't totally bring you down, you can experience them and continue on and just make them a part of you. Make the event a part of you, but don't let it own you because there's so much good out there. And maybe around Christmas time, is the time to really start to notice it. Anyway, if you're laying in bed listening to this, or wherever you are, and you're just getting down on yourself about the state of affairs and where you're at and why things aren't, aren't, going, aren't going the way you had planned, just know that you're going to get through this, and on the other side, things just might look better than they ever did before. But now I'm going to go grab a shower, grab a tea, and go over and see my family. I'll check back in with you again in a little while. Have a good one. And that concludes part one of our road trip with Benzos. And now before we get to our moment of peace, let's pause for just 30 seconds for our disclaimer. This podcast is for informational purposes only and should not be considered medical advice in any way. The host of this podcast is not a medical professional, nor is he engaged in rendering medical health or psychological advice nor any other kind of personal professional services. The views and opinions expressed by our listeners and interview guests on this podcast, whether read from textual submissions or presented in their own voice, do not necessarily reflect those of the Benzofree podcast or of its host. Withdrawal tapering or any other change in dosage of benzodiazepines, non-benzodiazepines, or any other prescription drugs should only be done under the direct supervision of a licensed physician. Our full disclaimer can be viewed on our website at benzofree.org slash disclaimer. And that brings us to our closing, our moment of peace. It's just one minute, and it's an opportunity to quiet your mind a bit before you return to the chaos of the real world. The way this works is that I will give a brief introduction, perhaps a suggestion of something to focus on. Then I will play a soft bell, which will indicate the start of the one minute. This will be followed by another soft bell, which will indicate the end of the one minute. And that will be the end of the episode. Feel free to continue to meditate if you choose. If not, continue on with your day. Please remember that you should only do this if you are in a safe place where you can close your eyes, relax, and let the world pass by without you for a minute.
Today we are going to do a listening meditation as we listen to the sounds of Great Smoky Mountain National Park. All you have to do is focus on the sounds you hear. No need to judge them or even identify them. Just notice them and and enjoy. So let's get started. Close your eyes and relax. Take a deep breath in. Hold it for a second. And let it out slowly. Let's do that again. Take a deep breath in. Hold it for a second. And let it out slowly along with all the stress of the day. One more time. Take a deep breath in. Hold it for a second, then let the breath out slowly, relaxing your entire body. Now just breathe slowly and naturally and listen to the sounds of nature. If your mind wanders, just gently bring it back to the sounds around you. No judgment whatsoever. Continue to do this for one minute. Next episode is episode 48, and it will be released next Wednesday. Thank you again for joining me today, and please, let me know how we did. Keep calm, taper slowly, and take care of yourself. I'll see you next time.